Hi, this is Mo Maduro with the Life Expansion After 50 podcast. Today we're talking about the physical area, the second of the seven fitness areas. I look at the physical area, I think of it like a math problem. It's more science than it is art. There's always room for art, but whereas the conscious mind is like completely field of possibilities, the physical is much more responsive to best practices. And and these are known. It's not like it's, it's rocket science here. I'm going to keep it pretty basic. Again, I'm not working on content that is already well known. It's more about what you need to know to take charge so you can have healthy longevity, living a life above the line, tied into your purpose, moving towards self-actualization in a way that you have a legacy that you and your family will be proud of. Now, when you look at the physical area, I'm going to start with the fact that you can live without blood for a few seconds, without oxygen for a few minutes, without water for a few days, and without food or nutrients for a few weeks. And so that order kind of tells you where we should be paying attention to. We got to have clean blood, and because oxygenation actually impacts the blood, we want to have clean oxygen, clean air, and deep breathing. You've heard me say that before. Part of the blood is, is not just the circulation, it's moving waste out and moving immune cells to where they need to be, and that's the lymph that does that. But unlike the circulatory system, where the circulatory system has the heart as a pump, the lymph system does not have a pump. It actually gets moved by our movement, by our exercise, our muscle contraction. So especially if you can do leg exercises. I love riding a, a fixed wheel track bike with a, pushing a big heavy gear because I'm getting more muscle contractions and that's a way for me to move that lymph around. Another way to do it is jumping up and down, jumping or, you know, on a basu ball, I'll do that. Or, you know, there's all sorts of different ways you can do it, using an elliptical machine, different things like that to move. I know I talk about not doing so much cardio, so I prefer to, when I do those things, to put the resistance way up so it's more anaerobic than it is cardio and now I'm getting two things because if you push hard enough you will get some cardio benefit but more importantly you're building that muscle mass which is what we need as we get older right because you want the bone density and you want your muscles to be stronger because strong muscles uh, create more metabolism that makes it easier for you to maintain your weight and speaking of metabolism so metabolism is really interesting and you may recall using exercise to lose weight and it's, it's difficult. And one of the reasons it's difficult is just the resting, just doing nothing, it takes about 80% of your metabolism just to run the body per day. 80% just to run the body. And so uh, there's another part of that that comes from moderate exercise. So obviously you have to get up, you have to walk, you move around. And so there's another seven or eight percentage points, if I recall correctly, that's coming from that. And, and then there's thinking. You actually use up thinking. As a matter of fact, the brain of that 80% of the metabolism, the brain, as I understand it, is using about a quarter of that just for the brain. So why do I say this? You can spend your time exercising, trying to lose weight, but if you add muscle mass, if you build your muscle, that is going to raise your resting metabolism. And that's why if you ever look at bodybuilders, they're constantly eating. And they're, they're, they're always walking around with a jug of water and they're eating because they've got to feed that. I'm talking like four and 5,000 calories a day because their muscles demand that much, that much energy. So just keep that in mind. Uh, again, healthy longevity, having stronger muscles is going to help you with the stronger bone density. And those things are going to make it easier for you to get up if you fall down when you get older. 
And then the rule of thumb as we get older is less cardio and more anaerobic because cardio actually breaks down muscle and you don't want to do that. After about 40, I would say make that shift. One way to do it if you're lifting weights is slower negatives, real slow negatives to build that muscle and that way you don't have to worry about getting hurt. You're not using massive weights because you can actually wear yourself out just with slow negatives. And if you do circuits, you're going to start bringing the cardio back in anyway, but you're doing it from an anaerobic standpoint. The next part of it is that there is an interplay between physical health and then neurobiology and neuroplasticity. So if, if, you, if you're tracking with me and you see that we're talking about neurons, which are physical, it's matter, and we're talking about synaptogenesis and these are nerve cells, it stands to reason that the stronger our system is, the cleaner our system is, the better our, the outputs are going to be. So, you know, from a neurobiological standpoint, do I want my biology to be clean or dirty? It's, it, it's a, a very simple question. So we want to make sure that we're doing things on purpose to keep a clean system and keep an effective system. Fortunately, uh, the biologists are now starting to look at quantum physics, and that's finding its way into the biology conversations. That's a good thing, because under the prior world, they'll call it Newtonian physics, A affects B, and B affects C, and C affects D. But in the quantum world, because it's all atoms, any letter of the alphabet can affect the rest in that illustration. So when it's, it's, you're looking at the whole system, small inputs can have dramatic effects across the entire system. And now that they're doing, looking at that in biology, that's why epigenetics is becoming a hot topic now because they see that when you change your internal environment, you actually change your gene expression and which genes are expressing. And that's why people are getting healed by changing the internal environment. It's been hard to explain, but now that they look at it from a quantum physics standpoint, they see what's going on. The genes literally change their expression and they're creating the cures. The same way that the mind can direct the brain to create the chemical cocktail so that a placebo works, right? Because they believe, the, the, the conscious mind believes that this sugar pill is actually going to cure them and it sends off the set of stimulus and responses that causes that chemical cocktail to cause the healing. So the genes respond to the environment. That's a big, I think, breakthrough. And again, I talk about the brain being over 100,000 years old, the youngest part of it. And so this is all these things that have been coming to the forefront in the last three, four, and five decades. It's very, very new, relatively very, very new compared to a brain that's a couple of hundred thousand years old. The other thing I would talk about while we're on the topic of cleansing, so we're going to move around, we're going to move more, and that moves the lymph around, and that lymph carries waste out, and it moves the immune cells and antibodies where they need to be. The other one is alkaline. Now, I'm going to talk about my own person. I don't want to ever sound like I'm practicing medicine here. You should always go to your doctor and check with them, but I can tell you my own personal experience. I learned about alkaline 20 years ago. It's essentially the pH balance. And as you know, alkaline neutralizes acid. And the way it was explained to me is that by having a high alkaline diet, what you're doing is neutralizing the toxins to the point where they can be excreted. So, and this started because I took a, one of those, how old, do you, how old is your biological age? And I did a questionnaire 
and whatever it came out to. I was okay, but whatever it came out to, it said, eat more green leafy vegetables. And I was in my 40s at the time. So I said, okay, that makes sense. Eat more green leafy vegetables. But I, I started doing that, but I didn't think that much of it. Then I went through a seminar and one of the suggestions was don't eat meat for 30 days and use these pH strips and check your pH balance. And sure enough, my pH balance went way alkaline because I wasn't eating meat. My body was processing more effectively, less toxins. And I, I eat meat, so I didn't stop eating meat because of that. But it was an interesting exercise and it helped me understand why I need to make sure I'm getting more vegetables in general. And then the connection was made to green leafy vegetables and alkaline, and I was introduced to green drink. And you can go online and do your own research, look up alkaline, alkalinity, high alkalinity, those kinds of words, and you'll see there's a plethora of information about it. And then you can look up an alkaline fast. The idea of the alkaline fast is that, same with fasting, if you fast, you're not putting any new toxins in your body, and your natural levels alkalinity will allow the toxins to process. So think of the toxins being stored in the fat. And they're stored in the fats so that they're not hurting the organs. So as your toxicity goes up, the body has to protect the organs so it moves the toxins into the fat. And then as you have a high enough alkaline, those toxins can now start releasing from the fat. So I made a connection that, wow, it's probably hard to lose weight if you're highly toxic because how, how is your body going to release toxins from the fat if it needs the fat to protect itself? The, one of the solutions was to go on a fast where all you do is, is, is consume green drink. Now, I had from the martial arts, I had fasted uh, three days, water only, and you work your way up. You go from a day and then two days and three days. And a three-day fast, water only, is brutal. I mean, a lot of people can do it. I, I don't like it because of the energy level, but it is a cleansing thing that happens. You're drinking a lot of water, you get clean. I bring that up because when you fast with green drink, I mean, you could drink as much of it as you want. And, you know, I was drinking probably two and three quarts of like Bolt House green drink and also Naked, Superfood, all those. But I was using Bolt House for whatever reason, quart bottles, and I don't remember the calories on it, but let's call it, you know, 800 calories a bottle. So I could have as many calories as I want. I was probably consuming 2,000 calories a day just in green drink. My point is you can do this fast without being hungry. I did, the first time I did a three-day fast. The second time it was five days. And then I did, I worked my way up to 10 days, just consuming green drink. And then I started mixing it in with a green powder, the superfood that you can mix with water. And that was to drop the calories down and also not put more toxins, not more food in the body. It was just trying to get more and more pure. Let me tell you, I'd never experienced anything like that. There were so many physical examples of toxins coming out of my body. I don't want to get graphic, but let me just tell you, I knew that my body was cleansing. One of the things that people talk about when they fast is they might get sores on their body because the skin is the largest excretory organ on the body. And so as those toxins are coming out, some of them are coming out by processing inside, but some of them come out by processing outside. And that's how you get these rashes and sores. But there are so many examples of what was going on and, and the first time, the three-day fast was the worst by far. But once I got, and think about it, I was in my 50s by then. And so all the alcohol that I had had, the, all the sugar, overeating, uh, processed foods, all of those things can produce toxins. Those toxins were coming out. I'm so glad I did that. Motivated to do five days and then motivated to do 10. And it was never as bad as that first three days. But I think I, if I recall, I did get a rash 
on that 10-day one, and then I felt like I was pretty clean. And there's other things you can do for cleansing. There's still a book. I think the book Back to Eden is still a great book. I read that book in the 70s. I would definitely recommend getting it because they have recommendations in there as well, using a lot of herbal teas, etc. So check it out. Don't take my word for it. Google something like alkaline fast, things like that. And then the movement to get the lymph moving around to carry waste away. And I've talked before about deep breathing. So these are the things that are going to help keeping your body clean and functioning. You never want a performance piece of equipment to be dirty. So think about that with your body. Now, I've got to make this kind of a comment because I'm not going to be talking about energetics here. And it seems like it's a glaring miss. The reason I'm not is not to discount it or anything because we are mostly, right, if we're atoms, we're mostly talking about energy. And energetics is a modality, you know, they talk about energy centers and getting them aligned and these things, and I, I don't knock it at all, but I want to keep this accessible to the, just the average everyday person who just wants to find a few things that they can do to have healthy longevity. And I think if you do these things that we can talk about in the physical sense, then the other ones are going to come along anyway. And if you want more, there's always plenty of information that you could go in and study that. So I talked about reaction versus thinking on the last one. And what I want to do here is illustrate how muscle, we talk about muscle memory, and it makes a lot of sense. But I don't want to talk about it like muscle memory. It's actually nervous system memory. Think about it. The nerves fire the muscle, right? The nerves fire and that makes the muscle contract. And that's where the action comes. Any salesperson knows that sales training always includes some form of, or should include some form of role play. And we also know that when you role play, you get better at the talk track. Well, I, same thing with public speaking, same thing with training. If you practice, if you practice, you will get better and you'll have a better performance. I've been the kind of person for most of my life who was reading it and knowing it cognitively, but I wasn't practicing with my mouth. Here's the difference. Knowing and not doing is to not know. So knowing something in the conscious mind does not engage the unconscious, and because the unconscious can process at 11 million bits per second, you want that on your side. So if you're going to be speaking, verbally go through it. Actually speak it. If you're working in sales, you don't have to role play with another person necessarily. Just verbally say it. Say it out loud. Get those neurons firing. You want them firing and wiring together. Firing and wiring. Firing and wiring. And that's going to make you perform better. Do it. Try it for yourself. Practice just in your head, and then practice actually saying it out loud, and you'll see that there's a difference. I went through a leadership training, and one of the things they had us do was move objects around on the table to simulate what we were doing. So now we're going to talk to this group over here. This group is the blah, 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 and, we're, and, and I don't know if they knew it at the time. This was 1990. I don't know if they knew what they were doing or why they were doing it, but having us move those blocks around and those figures around to illustrate and demonstrate what we were doing. We couldn't just talk about it. We actually had to move because now you're bringing in a kinesthetic sense is how they probably thought about it at the time. What I'm telling you now that I know is that we're firing neurons and those neurons, it's making a situation familiar. And now it's almost like implementation intentions. When that familiar situation comes up, we automatically know what to do. And because the unconscious process is so fast, why wait for the conscious mind to catch up in those rote situations, in those repeatable situations? Again, I did mention that in leadership, I do want to have that pause and think about it before I decide what to do. But once I decide what to do, it should, if I can ha have it automatic, it, that's even better. 
All right. So hopefully that makes sense. Uh, practice it by just pausing and then start thinking about not just muscle memory, but neural path memory and start practicing those things, saying those things that you want to say. If you want to talk differently to your children, practice saying it. Don't just think it in your head. You all know how hard that is to do what we know in our head. But when you practice it out loud, it gets a lot easier. So that's it. I'm going to leave it there. Next time we'll talk about the spiritual area. Have a good one. <laughs>